Okay. Well, we heard Paul Maurice has been converted the other day ahead That's of right. the game in Toronto. He was talking about it. Uh, Leafs Jets tonight, a game you can listen to on TSN 4, top two teams in Canada. We're going to bring in uh, our TSN hockey analyst, Craig Button, right now on the phone. Craig, how are you this fine Thursday? I'm good, Julia, but uh, need to know. Need to know. It's been bothering me. Uh, great curiosity. And uh, we talked about it last Friday. What was your meal of choice post-CHL debut with you hosting the panel? Okay, you know what? And, and I didn't send you the photo, but I actually, I actually took a photo to send to you, and I didn't, I didn't do it. It was late. But I had, Craig, pizza and wings waiting for me when I got nice. home. So there wasn't even a decision to be made. It was pizza and wings, and it was very good. Shout well, the key, is that, the key is that it was very good, and it was tasty, and he enjoyed it. Uh, secondly... Just another example of how well Liam takes care of you. I hope you appreciate him every day. I'm not going to bring up. I'm not going to bring up the point when you dropped them as quick <laughs> as a hot potato on that FaceTime. I love that's a bit, that's time for another story. And to let everybody know, Julia will be back on Friday on the CHL on TSN. Fantastic in her debut last Friday. Yeah, Aww, she was. Thank you, I Craig. Was, I was watching. I was watching. She was. She was fantastic. She's going to be great uh, all year. Craig, I'm, I'm actually curious. We were having a conversation before you got on. I had an hour and 28-minute phone call yesterday, which doesn't happen in today's world, it seems. But it, it stemmed around analytics. And, and I think I did a pretty good job of converting an old-school thinker into, you know, at least agreeing that analytics have a place in hockey. I'm curious, as somebody who has been in the game for so long, when analytics weren't necessarily really there or, or mainstream you know at what point did you realize that they had a place in hockey when i was in university taking stats advanced stats econometrics that's when i realized so you know i have a st- statistics background uh from my degree and it, it, it's obviously the uh, uh analytics and, and and data analysis has taken on uh, a, a lot greater uh, uh, emphasis in, in all businesses. And to think that anybody to think that analytics doesn't have a, a really strong place in hockey is absolutely backwards and absolutely making a huge mistake. I can't believe it took you an hour and 28 minutes to try to convince somebody <laughs> of that. Because, well, you know, like, honestly, honestly, like, you know, I, again, what does what 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 you know? What's data analysis, and what are you always trying to do in any decision you make? You're trying to get as much information so that you can make the best decision possible with the information you have. So why would you? Why would anybody dismiss any type of information that can help you make the best decision possible? It, it defies every sense of intelligent logic. Well, I feel like this is an excellent transition because I didn't realize you had a stats background, Craig, but I learned it very quickly last week, and I actually told AB this story, that you and Frankie were sitting at the desk uh, while the game was going on, (laughs) the CHL game last year, doing the math on what percentage of NHL players, players who have spent any time in the NHL, Rick Bonus has coached. And I feel like that's an excellent transition. Into, what was the number that we ended up getting to there, Craig? That What percentage of guys? I'm sorry if I'm putting you on the spot. No, no, it was something like about 7.4%. Okay, so a pretty significant of number. Of players that have played in the NHL, played a game in the NHL, that we call it 7.5%, we, yep. we, came, we came to a – to a rough estimate that, that, that of all the players that have, co- have played at least one game in the NHL, 
that Rick Bonus has been part of uh, coaching 7.5% of them. And Jake, so he's you, left out a key, you left out a key detail of that story. That yeah. It was done pencil and paper, hand, and it was done. I watched long Craig division. long multiply. It was so <laughs> impressive, and uh, it had me really reflecting on my math skills that I should keep a lot sharper than I do. Because if I, I was put on the spot with long multiplication or long division, I might be in some trouble. But he's had an impact on 7.5% of players that have played in the NHL, and he's had a major impact on the Winnipeg Jets this year, Craig. What can you say about the turnaround this group has had under Rick Bonus? Yeah, yeah, and well, can, can I just, before I get to Rick, I, I think the hardest time for a manager to really believe in, a, in, 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 his, in, in the players and his team and, and what he has constructed is when things aren't going well. And for the Winnipeg Jets last year, they didn't go well. And, you know, if we rewind to the end of last season and a, a, a lot of the, a number of the narratives, uh, you know, oh, do, do they have to trade this player? Do they have to trade that player? Do they have to move this player out? And, and I think Kevin Shovel-Dayoff, who's a really measured person and a really intelligent person, he looked at his team and, and he said, wait a second here. He goes, I, I watched this player perform. I watched this player perform. I watched, and, and, and he believed in them. And, and you need people to believe in you when, when you're not at your best, when things aren't going well, and then to also figure out, okay, what do I have to do to ensure that my belief can translate into them performing better and that they can, you know, the words that were used by a lot of the players were embarrassed, shameful, disappointing at, at their season. So now Kevin takes a step back and he looks. Now, we, we all know that uh, there was time spent with Barry Trotz. And so you think about Barry Trotz as a coach and you think about Barry and everything that he did in, 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 his, in his time. And I'll just go over the last decade you know, first with the Washington Capitals and then with the Islanders. Exactly the type of coach that that, that, that would work and, and, and that I felt, and obviously Kevin did, that would that, that Winnipeg Jets needed. And then th- that didn't come to fruition. But Kevin said, well, okay, we don't have Barry Trotz. Who is that person? And Rick Bonus was that person. And when you look at what he did in Dallas, a, a very, very good defensive team, a team that had – Talent, talent in, in their group and, you know, have to play, uh, you know, with a certain uh, degree of, of, of real precision and discipline defensively. And that's exactly what the Winnipeg Jets needed. And it's exactly what Rick Bonus has brought to their team. And, and I think the balance, uh, Julia and A.B., is the, the one where, you know, players want to be successful individually and they want the team to be successful. And as a coach, you got to work those two in conjunction and try to keep the balance. The team is much better defensively. They need, they, they were one of the, they were in the bottom 25% of teams defensively last year in all the metrics. And then you look at the, the frustration that the players were having in terms of saying we're better than this. And now you look at this year. Way better defensively, record way better. The individual players that are having strong seasons. You think about Josh Morrissey, and and I go back to you know when I use discipline and structure and how you play defensively, you, you, you can apply pressure. I'm a pressure person. I, I I want to apply pressure, but mindless pressure doesn't work. And uh, you know you, you see it at different times. Players are now all pressuring. But are you pressuring with purpose and do you understand what your pressure is, is, is creating? Because it may be creating more vulnerability than advantages. 
And that's what the Winnipeg Jets did last year. That's coaching. That's coaching. And the bottom line is Rick Bonus has come in. He has given them structure. Their pressure is good. Their pressure now doesn't create vulnerability. And individually, our players aren't expending a lot of energy applying unnecessary pressure, and they're able to, you know, work successfully in other areas. We see that in so many different examples of players on their team. You look at Josh Morrissey, you take the pressure off of Connor Hellebuck. Rick Bonus has been fantastic and exactly what the Winnipeg Jets needed. Yeah, I mean, you got the Jets right now, who are the top team in the Western Conference, and you've got the Leafs, one of the, the best teams out east. I mean, you, you debuted a new segment on SportsCenter last night, the Button Barometer, and you took these two teams and, and you were asked, you know, which one is the best shot at ending Canada's cup drought? We know that you mentioned that the Jets have the more favorable path due to the fact that they're in a weaker West as opposed to having to play Boston and Tampa to get uh, on their path to the Stanley Cup. But when you look at these two teams, you know, kind of in a vacuum and on paper, like which one do you think is more built properly to succeed in the playoffs? Yeah, well, you know, when we talk about success, right, and it's it's hard to argue against either team, uh, you know, with with the success they've had this year, and and showing that they they that you know the things that are necessary to win in the playoffs, they demonstrated it. The the Leafs have demonstrated it. They demonstrated it versus the uh, Boston Bruins and last Saturday in a very tough game. But the, the way I look at it is. Is and I, and I did it in the in the button barometer. The key thing to that AD though, listen to the music. That music's going to be playing in nightclubs all across this country once the playoffs begin. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Sam Friedman, Sam Friedman put that whole piece together. He is just phenomenal uh, with the work he does. So you know, I give all the credit to Sam for putting it together. But you know, obviously Hellebuck and everything. But you know, when when you have Austin Matthews. And you have Mitch Marner, and you have uh, William Nylander, who who you know, but you both know uh, how much I love William Nylander as a player. And you, you look at the way the Leafs are, are playing. Like I know the Winnipeg Jets are good, and I know the Winnipeg Jets. But if, if you're asking me, like do, I love Dubois, I I, I love Adam Lowry, I I love w- w- where they're at and, and and where they're at. But it, it's hard and and. Here's where I get to. I, I watch the Detroit Red Wings go through, you know, that path of, of failure. And, and sometimes you have to fail to have success or to understand that success is, is going to require a greater price to be paid. For me, it's hard to bet against superstars. It's hard for me to bet against the Hart Trophy winner. It's hard for me to bet against Mitch Marner, who's the first team all-star right wing for two consent and does so many things in the game. And, you think about, you know, uh, what you've gone through, the, uh, where the Toronto Maple Leafs and all these players, and then I watch how they played this year, and, and, and I'm talking about right now, and, and, and pass aside, like, I, I, I like where the Toronto Maple Leafs find themselves. That being said, that being said, if you look at where the Toronto Maple Leafs find themselves right now, there's still work to be done. The beautiful thing, and you've heard me say this, is that, they know who they're playing, and they know what the path is. So strengthen your team. Strengthen your team. That, to me, has to be the number one mandate for Kyle Dubas, how to add players that give you uh, a stronger team, which gives you a better chance to beat the likes of Tampa Bay and Boston. 
with our TSN hockey analyst, Craig Button, right now. And, and trade season is upon us, Craig. So you just mentioned Kyle Dubas has his work cut out for him ahead of the trade deadline, just like a lot of GMs around the league right now. If you're Kyle Dubas, and AB, this has been the conversation kind of around this market, Kyle Dubas on an expiring contract. But this is the window for the Maple Leafs, even though there's a lot of teams who are going to be all in at this deadline, especially with a lot of teams being all out on this deadline with Connor Bedard being available as the first overall pick. Is this the year, Craig, if you're the Maple Leafs, that you're putting all your chips in? Does this, I don't want to say caution to the wind, but when you think of someone specifically like Matthew Nyes, is he the line that might be, uh, is that where you might draw the line in terms of making assets available? Matthew Nyes, in my view, this is the projection of Matthew Nyes, can be a, a solid second line player. And I'm going to go back. I, I don't know if you recall. The beginning of the year, there was a lot of talk. Like, Ottawa Senators need defensemen. They need better defensemen to be a better team. They're not close to the playoffs. They need better, and if you want to. So there's a lot of talk about Jacob Chikrin. Right? Well, Jacob Chickren's a really good defenseman, a really solid defenseman. And there's a lot, oh, wow, you know what? I wouldn't trade Shane Pinto for Jacob Chickren. Okay, so what are you going to trade for Jacob Chickren? Like, you're not going to trade? Uh, uh, like, you need help on the blue line. You know that Jacob Chickren's a really solid player, and you're, you're going to now say that I'm not going to trade? Like, what do you think you're getting good players for? So when you use the term all in, you know, and Shane Pinto, who, who's a solid player, but y- y- your problem isn't on offense. Your problem is on the blue line. So you better be willing to give up something to get something that will help you. So Matthew Nice, do I think he can come in and help the Toronto Maple Leafs this year in the coming playoffs? No, I don't. Do I think that he could come in and play in the NHL a little bit? This is a team trying to compete for the Stanley Cup. This is a team trying to compete and, and beat top teams. Matthew Nice. So, okay. Do you want to give up Matthew Nice? Nobody wants to give up players that, have, that, that are good prospects. But if it means improving your team, and here's what you're trying to really do, help Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Tavares and Riley and, and Murray and everybody else there, that's what you need to do. So when you ask me about being all in, I'm not telling you you go and give away everything and sell everything, but those are the hard decisions. And those are the decisions that separate those who – want to make their team as best as they can. I said this, and I'll say it continuously all the way to the trade deadline. I don't know why people don't follow the Julian Brisebois playbook. You know what? We're going to see lots of trade bait boards. We're going to see lots of trade bait boards. Last year, I don't know where Nick Paul's name ended up. A few years back, I don't know who, where Blake Coleman or Barkley Goodrow's name was on it. Tampa Bay Lightning traded a first-round draft pick and Nolan Foot, another first-round draft pick for Blake Coleman. They traded a first-round draft pick for Barkley Goudreau. Oh, what are they doing trading the first-round pick for Barkley Goudreau? The, the Tampa Bay Lightning recognized what they needed, and they went out and got it. Last year, they went, and, and then the last year, they go and trade for Brandon Hagel. Are you watching what Brandon Hagel has done? Have you watched? And we all know what Coleman and Goudreau did to their team, right? Bottom line is, you want to strengthen your team, there's a price to be paid. So if that means being all in, all I know is, it's not about forgetting about the future. Matthew Nyes ain't helping you win a Stanley Cup this year. Figure out if he's a player that you have to give up to get a player that can help you win this year. So, yes, the question, the next question for you, Craig, is Is there some players that maybe you've identified that you think would be worth giving up that, that top asset to go out and get him for the Maple Leafs? Yeah, Lawson Krause. 
That's exactly. Really? I go right to the Arizona Coyotes. What do you mean, really? Because no, because I, I mean really, that's just not a name really, that we hear stop, a lot. Stop. No, no, stop a sec. You're really is a question mark. <laughs> yes. It's okay. Question it. Go ahead. You know what? I said this last year at this very same time on your show. But like, there's no problem with good debate and disagreement. But but tell me tell me why. Uh, that's a question. I mean, he's just not a name that you hear a lot. But, like, I like Lawson Krauss. And you talk about this team needs someone who's got a little bit of meat and potatoes who can score a little. I guess that makes sense. But, I, like, is Matthew Nyes what you're going to give up for that? A l- he's got yes, a lot. In a second. <laughs> a big in boy. a second. In a second. And I would give up Shane Pinto for Jacob Chikrin in a second. Oh, I do if that I too. want to improve my team and get better. Did you know who Barkley Goudreau was? Did you know who Blake Coleman was? Did you know anything about Brandon Hagel? It's not about big names. Who beat the Toronto Maple Leafs last year in the Stanley Cup Game 7? Oh, that would be Nick Paul. Not a big yeah. name. It's about strengthening your team. And keep this in yeah, mind, A.B. But... <laughs> keep this in mind, A.B. It's about what your team needs. It's not about big names. Nick Paul cost a, a fourth-round pick and, and Matthew Joseph, who I think was uh, scratched last night. Matthew Blake Coleman and Barkley Goudreau. Okay, know. so I'm you know what? Kidding. I'm telling you who beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay? Bottom line is, if I can get Lawson Krause from Matthew Nice, I'm doing it in a Texas second. I like it. I like it, Craig. And Texas second faster or slower? Well, everything's more chill faster. there. Have you ever been to the Texas Speedway? <laughs> I, I wish I had. They say, they say, Julia, everything's bigger in Texas. So it, it, it's more about the second is bigger. It might not be faster. Okay, I like it. Uh, we were just talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning, Craig. Steven Stamkos notched his 500th goal last night. So much, so much we could say about Steven Stamkos. He was a really big focal point in that playoff series last year. Went through so much in his career, and he was sitting on, on number 500 for a while. John Cooper was kind of talking about his impact uh, just in, in Florida in general. Cooper was talking about how, and obviously the team was in a different place, a couple Stanley Cups helped too, but how many Stamkos jerseys he sees out and the role Stamkos has played in, in growing hockey in Florida. What what can you say about Steven Stamkos and, and his legacy? Well, I mean, when you watched him in junior, I mean, he was a phenomenal player and there was no reason to believe that he wouldn't be a star in the NHL. And that he, and, and further, that, that you, you certainly didn't believe that he couldn't achieve what he's achieved uh, to this point in time. And, and he's done exactly that. Well, guess what? When you're the first overall draft pick, you know, expectations for that type of talent are, 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 are exactly that. What, you know, think about this. Think about the Tampa Bay Lightning, where they were at when they drafted Steven Stamkos. They're at the bottom of the league. You know what? So you have a franchise that had won the Stanley Cup in 04 and they'd fallen right to the bottom of the league. And, you know, where are they at? And so you draft this player, the, the marketing uh, slogan was seen Stamkos. That's how they were marketing it. And, you know, you bring in a first overall pick with the idea that he is going to change the fortunes of your franchise. And that he's somebody that can help you become uh, a, a, a championship caliber team. That, that, that's the reality of drafting a, a, a player first overall with the talent of Steven Stamkos. And what has he done? Exactly that. Two-time Stanley Cup champion, been in the Stanley Cup finals three times, you know, 500 goals. John Cooper talks about the influence he's had off the ice. You know, when, when the expectation is, is so high, and then you have a player that comes in and meets every single one of those expectations, that's superstardom. 
I can say this about Stephen Stamkos. He will only have to wait three years before his plaque goes up, after he retires, before his plaque goes up in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of guys who scored 500 goals in the National Hockey League. And, I mean, this guy's done it. One of the very few to score 60. And, uh, you know, a couple cups also definitely helps. Um, speaking of another number one overall pick, Yuri uh, Slavkovsky, some tough news coming out of Montreal yesterday, out three months with an upper body injury. Only had 10 points this year prior to the injury. I mean, when you look at his rookie season, and I know you've been on record multiple times saying that you felt that he probably shouldn't have been in the NHL to start the year. Um, like, did, did the Habs kind of botch his rookie year? No, it's it's hard to say that you're botching a, a player's rookie year. You know, the Montreal Canadiens have the best interests of your eye in, 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 in place. But what, what I would say, A.B., it, it, it's a cautionary tale. If you're the first overall pick, obviously you have lots of uh, talent and lots of promise. But just because you're the first overall pick and you're 18 years old doesn't mean you're ready for the NHL. You know, it's, it's the best league on the, on the planet. It's got the best players. You're playing against players that have established themselves at, at, at a top level for years. And that's really challenging. And, and it, 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 the NHL is not about uh, development. It's not about, uh, you know, what your potential is down the road. And I, I, I think with your eye, you know, there's lots of things he's going to take away from, from this to, to this point in the season. And they're going to help him in the future. But, you know, the cautionary tale is just because you're the first overall pick and just because you have a lot of promise doesn't mean that the NHL is the right place for you at 18. And, you know, are you ready for the pace? We, we've seen Uri Slavkovsky take some really big body checks this year. And he's a big guy because the game's faster. You got to be more aware. You got to be. You got to be quicker in your decision making, and and you got to be uh, understanding of where you might be vulnerable. And I, that, 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 I don't think that has anything to do with this this injury that's going to keep him out for the rest of the year. So you know, you look at all those things. Teams have done it like over the years, time and time and time and time again. And for me, my belief is is that you know, a player like Uri Slavkovsky, as promising as he is, keep helping him build. His, his, his game and develop his game where, you know, the confidence grows. And how does confidence grow? Confidence grows by having success. Like, I've never heard anybody say, you know what, uh, I'm really feeling confident because I, I keep failing. No, we talk about growing from, 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 from failures and everything. All I know is this. When, when I was in university and I was taking exams, if I got an F on an exam, I didn't come out of there feeling really confident about my chances to pass that course. So I don't see how any player in the NHL, when you're not having successes, is going to build confidence. I want to see players build, build successes. And by building successes, you're going to build confidences. Kenny Holland, to me, has the best line I've heard. I want them to grow and develop and become overripe. You know what? Green bananas don't taste very good. Yeah, it's true, and it looks like Slavkovsky's still around the team in good spirits. So good sign for the young yeah. guy who has a bright future ahead of him. Uh, Craig, just before we let you go, I, I saw your comments on Ivan Provorov on SportsCenter. I, I think you summed it up really well. I just wanted to touch on it quickly before uh, before we let you get on your way. So for those of you who are unaware, it was, it was Pride Night in Philadelphia a couple of nights ago, and ahead of the game it came out that Ivan Provorov did not participate in warm-ups because he did not want to wear 
the pride jersey. So there's been lots of discourse in the wake of this, but I, I really like the perspective that you took on focusing on the positive efforts of guys like JVR and Scott Lawton who, who go out of their way to be allies uh, in the NHL. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to just jump right on top of that, uh, that banner word you just used, and that's being an ally. You know, what we talk about when we talk about diversity, equality, and inclusion, and, and, and I'm going to jump on inclusivity, right? Like, you know what? You want people, regardless of, of, of what their sexual orientation is, regardless of what their religion is, regardless of what the race is, to feel comfortable. And that's what inclusivity is. And, and, and that means, you know, accepting people and making them comfortable in whatever environment there, there is. And, 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 you know, hockey is for everyone. And quite frankly, Ivan Provorov absolutely failed. He absolutely failed. So he talks about being accepting and being, no, he, he wasn't. He wasn't an ally. And we can't get focused in on Ivan Provorov. There's lots of, lots of, uh, lots of people in our world that, you know, need educating. And, and let me tell you, they need educating for different reasons. And we'd all like to be along that path and, of progress where we find ourselves where we can say, yeah, we're there. It's an ongoing uh, process. And, you know, some people are further along it, but what we can't do is stop working for something that's really important. And I think that's where the focus on James Van Riemsdyk, the focus on Scott Lawton, and the focus of so many others that are, and, and the progress we're making, and, and it's important with the education to continue that and not forget about it. I think my line was, the objections of one cannot take away from the objectives of many, which are far more worthy. We've got to continue the work. Well said, Craig. Well said. Uh, I, I completely agree. I mean, let's you know, appreciate the 19 that did as opposed to focusing on the one that, uh, that didn't. Uh, Craig, really appreciate it. As always, we'll uh, chat again next week. Okay, go watch some tape of Lawson Krause, okay? I will. Guy's a beast. Video a homework. Beast. I like it. <laughs> we'll have this discussion next week, and I'll, I'll, I'll dig into the numbers for you, Craig, and we'll have an intelligent statistical conversation. Listen, every conversation with UAB is intelligent and passionate. I love that about you. <laughs> appreciate it, Craig. Right back <laughs> at you. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Take care. All right. There he goes. Craig J. Button, our uh, TSN hockey analyst. It threw me off. Like, Craig, that was not a name I was expecting. Have you heard one time anybody mention, yeah, Lawson Krause is the guy, right? Like, no. it, it's it's Ryan O'Reilly, it's Bo Horvat, it's Gavrikov, like Max Domi even. But I have not heard anybody come up with Lawson Krause. I'm into it. Just coming I'm into off it. Third. Yeah, yeah. I'm into I know. it, but – 